introversion and bragging are not mutually exclusive. You play to your strengths. Bragging better and the systems that I have created are a means to an end. It's a strategic set of activities to get you what you want professionally, but it's also not the same for everyone. And it also depends on a lot of factors, but many introverts are actually tremendous at sharing their work and their accomplishments. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. What gets you up in the morning? What drives your decisions? What do you stand for? No idea? Not even sure where to start? I use my values to guide my life and career. It's the basis of how I've built boundaries for myself and stuck to them. Are you ready to dig into what matters to you? Go to thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet. That's thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet to get to your core values and take action on what matters most. Welcome to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. I am so excited to welcome our guest, Meredith Feynman, to the show. This topic is just so important, and I'm really excited to have her talk about how to brag better. Meredith Feynman is a best-selling author, host, speaker, writer, and entrepreneur. She's the author of Brag Better, Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion. Brag Better is based on her 10 years of building a framework for strategic self-promotion grounded in public relations, strategic communications, and leadership professional development. The book is for the qualified quiet. Those who have done the work but don't know how to talk about it, this audience term is one that Feynman owns and created. Feynman's core venture is the Brag Better Bootcamp a four-week e-learning series based around the principles of her findings with strategic self-promotion. She leads boot camps for individuals quarterly, as well as versions for brands, companies, and corporations with specialties in addressing issues around cultivating an environment of healthy pride, a diversity of voices, championing employee work, and bragging on behalf of yourself and others. A freelance writer of 17 years, Feynman has held columns and bylines in outlets from Harvard Business Review to Fast Company, Forbes, Inc., Elle, Shondaland, Cosmopolitan, and more. She writes about entrepreneurship, business, women's issues, and fashion. Feynman is a frequent speaker on stages domestically and globally. She has spoken to brands like Levi's, to conferences like the 3% Conference, and to universities like Stanford. Her topics range from her core brag better philosophy to bragging better and visibility for women, 
to corporate culture and a diversity of voices. We discussed how to brag better, including breaking down the components of a brag, what introversion and extroversion have to do with bragging better, and how she helps individuals and companies get better at bragging. I cannot wait for you to listen to this amazing episode. Let's get started. I am so excited to welcome you to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Well, I am really happy to talk about our topic, which you are the expert in, in bragging better. And I know it's going to be such value to our listeners, but before we get into it, I have a ton of questions for you. I would love for you to tell me your story. Yeah. So I'll give you the like medium nutshell version. I have circled around visibility and voice from a lot of different angles, whether that's marketing, whether that's public relations, strategic communication, personal brand. I've been a freelance writer for about 17 years. I speak, I train, I do all the things. Um, But so I started my company Fine Point about 11 years ago as more of a PR shop. And I was simultaneously building a personal brand as a writer, as a speaker, as a host of events, um, which is just always sort of how I've been. And I got very bored with PR because I realized also that the press hit, the outcome was the least interesting part and actually least valuable part of what publicists were doing, which was packaging and pitching and telling a story and getting what they want without exchanging any money you know, earned media, which is different from paid media for anyone listening is you don't pay for it. So it has to be a compelling story. Um, And it also has to be someone that something that everyone can understand. It has to be a lot of different things. And so I was noticing that, that this was a skill set that was actually quite valuable to everyone coupled with this very deep frustration that nobody knew how to talk about themselves. And that was particularly obvious for women, but certainly is not exclusive to women. My audience is called the qualified quiet people that have done the work, but don't know how to talk about it. It's a strength, not a weakness. I go into it, you know, in the book and in many things they've written. And so what was particularly frustrating about this was it was not shifting with level of success. So I was having the same conversations of recognizing a win, being able to accept an award, asking for what you wanted, being proud of your work, that I was with someone who went to intern for me, who was in college to someone who was very senior. And it was very frustrating and I wasn't sure what to do about it. Uh, And then there was a, there was a third aspect of this that was interesting to me, which was leadership as celebrity. We have a lot of conversations of as, you know, leadership as a driver of business that has always existed in American history and in, you know, American enterprise, but this cult of personality for better or for worse. I think we've seen a lot of the downfall of leadership, very public downfall uh, has been a sort of separate thing, but the leader of a company needs to have very different visibility, representation, personal brand from the company. And people weren't doing that correctly. And it was just also incredibly interesting to me that we had business leadership as true A-list celebrity, which was something that that hadn't really existed. Um, it didn't make sense that Elon Musk or, you know, a lot of them are very male, but we have certain ways we treat the women ones, but it's it's just very interesting. And, and it was just a totally new category at like a talent agency, for example. So I was, you know, ruminating on all these things and 
this was a while ago now, but in the fall of 2013, I was representing a very, very impressive person and I booked her on TV. And she said to me, you know, I don't know if I'm the best person to do this. There might be someone who knows more than I do. And the issue was several things, but primarily that she was in a presidential administration on the topic. And to be on a television panel, you get five minutes tops. It's maybe two main points. It was not a question. And I think she was afraid and I think she didn't feel qualified. And it just, I was like, if this person doesn't feel qualified to do this, like, I don't know what the rest of us are going to do as someone that I viewed in such a high regard. And so I hung up the phone with her and I wrote in the margin of the book I was reading, Braggart, which is someone who brags. And I put parentheses around the word art and that morphed into brag better. I don't know why, um, but that was the original title. And what I sketched out in the fall of 2013 is not dissimilar, though much, much more developed and you know airtight as it is now in 2020, 2021, going into 2022. So that is how I got here. I love the story that you just told about how it's at every single level, whether you're just out of college or if you are an actual expert, where do you think most of this comes from? Is it society? Is it, you know, the systems, the patriarchy? What is it? Yeah. So I want to be very clear that, you know, if you brag better, it's not going to fix the wage gap, or it's not going to fix systemic racism, sexism, ableism, as it is in play in our, you know, work worlds, uh, we're playing within a broken system. Um, so I'm, I'm very, very aware of that, but these are strategies to succeed within that broken system to the extent that you can. Some of it's in the water. Some of it is structural. A lot of it is your background and your upbringing, Were you told to be seen and not heard? Were you told to perform gender in a certain way? Were you told that people who talked about their work were gross and weird? Or were you the child of uh, academics who would never talk about their work unless it was peer-reviewed by a billion people? Is English your second language? And so you feel nervous about that. Is culturally, cultural factors, whether you're Southern, whether you're coming from another country, all of that deeply impacts birth order, deeply impacts how you feel about your voice and your ability to use it. But this is a skill, it's a muscle, and it's something that you can learn and something that I teach. And I have taught to thousands of people at this point, whether through the book or through speaking or through boot camps. And it's way harder to do the hard work than it is to figure out how to brag about it. It's going to feel a little uncomfortable at certain points, but you end up a pretty firm, firm roadmap for folks, for folks at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So you talked a bit about, um, the idea of the qualified quiet and, and in your book, you talk about, it's not, you know, you could still be an extrovert and be in within your qualified quiet. Can you talk a little bit about personality and where does kind of introvert versus extrovert fall? I consider myself an introvert and I completely resonated with the qualified quiet for sure. From the outside, you can see somebody as an expert, but they just don't believe it themselves. Like they are absolutely qualified, but you have to remind them and tell them about all of these things. So does that have, does personality play a factor in that? What has been your experience? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's interesting. So for the book, I did about 20 interviews with really interesting folks with very different backgrounds in, you know, race, age, ability, gender expression. So, so there's a lot of different viewpoints there. 
Uh, one of the people I spoke to who I was lucky enough to have interviewed back when her book came out is Susan Cain, who wrote the book Quiet, uh, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. She is the reason why we talk about introversion and extroversion. Uh, that book came out in 2012, but in the years since we've, we've started to really, you know, think about how we're going to handle or cater to whether in a classroom or in a boardroom, um, people's, you know, different, different styles of expression. So one thing I'm really, really clear about and that I spoke to Susan about as well is, you know, introversion and bragging are not mutually exclusive. You play to your strengths bragging better. And the systems that I've created are a means to an end. It's a strategic set of activities to get you what you want professionally, but it's also not the same for everyone. And it also depends on a lot of factors, but many introverts are actually tremendous at sharing their work and their accomplishments. Maybe that's in print. Maybe that's one-on-one. Maybe that is in during over one day. So it's not as tiring over multiple days. You can absolutely be introverted and brag quite well. I mean, if anything, it's been found that people that are introverted are often a lot better expressing themselves in print and sometimes on stages or performers, you know, it just, it really varies. So they absolutely, I don't think, you know, and, and Susan doesn't seem to think either are really related. You know, you might envision this idea of bragging as you you know, busting into a room full of people, but that's not what it is. It's like, okay, where do I need to strategically and cohesively project my work and my volume so that the right people notice it and in a way that plays to my strengths? Can you tell me what the components of a good brag are? Absolutely. So the the pillars of bragging better, first and foremost, are to be proud, loud, and strategic. Pride is is recognizing, and I think the hardest one, but you know, feeling good about your work, which I think we all do to some degree and not work on all the time. Uh, loud's not the volume of your voice, but that's the repetition and consistency of a message. Uh, and strategic is, this is this is a means to an end. I talk a lot about our inverse relationship between volume and merit and that we reward loud, that there's so much noise. I don't really want you to add to any noise. I want you to get more money. I want you to get that job. I want you to get that book deal, whatever it might be. And then the fourth pillar, which started, you know, after COVID, well, we're not after, but during COVID is um, explicit, which is that nobody has time for you to like, I know this stuff is hard. I'm sorry. It's hard, but you got to get that message out because everybody is in a very different situation. So those are the pillars. And then the elements of a good brag are gratitude, pride, presentation, and showmanship. So gratitude and pride are inward. Um, their practices, they are when you are structuring something you want to share, great sentiments to espouse that make people feel close to you, but aren't as isolating. And it's just good to espouse that in general. And then presentation is, you know, what medium are you sharing this on? Is it with a person? Is this on Instagram? And, and so how are you going to present it in a way that people can digest it and it is conducive to what you're trying to do, but also to the medium? And then showmanship is your unique flair. I'm not trying to create a bunch of robots here. That's not the point. You know, this stuff is tricky because it is, you know, as we call soft skill and something that is a lot of gray area, which I've tried to like remove as much gray area as possible. But, you know, what makes it you is is not something I want lost in that process. I resonated most with this um, idea of pride as I was reading the systems. And um, it, it reminded me of, 
an article. I can't even remember. I need to find it of, and I have two boys. So I, it said something like, instead of telling them that you're proud of them, ask them what they're proud of themselves, like what things. And so um, I started doing that with them weekly, at least like, Oh, what are you proud of today? Or what were you proud of most this week? And after I read that, the insight that I had was like, I'm doing that with them, but I'm not doing it for myself. Like it's the easiest, one of the easiest things Um, like you said, this inward reflection of gratitude and like, really, what am I proud of? Um, And then who can I tell? Right. Um, So I, I love those, um, those questions of inward reflection. Well, also the, the one thing that we want to be very clear on is a brag is a strategic piece of information that you're sharing to get what you want, but it's not, it's as big or small Yes, it's like what you've done, but it's also how you're delivering it and how you're making feel someone someone feel close to you and want to advocate for you. So what I'm always very clear about is sometimes that brag is like calling your friend and saying like, hey, I said an awesome thing in a meeting and I'm really proud and I want to share it with someone. And I want to share it with you. Sometimes that means broadcasting something uh, more publicly. Sometimes that means saying it to your boss. Sometimes that means saying it on a stage, but it can be very, very small. I see people make a mistake where they, when they share a win, they share one that they think is like the biggest and the best and the sexiest and the most externally validated. So whether that's like an award um, or something, you know, I got this prize in my industry that actually is not as effective as something more specific and more concrete and something that actually means a lot to you. When I talk to people in, in my speeches, I do a lot of, well, I used to, I mean, I do a lot from, from my computer now, but in rooms, I would have people pair up and introduce each other and then talk about how, you know, instead of leading with the laundry list, like what's something you're excited about because that, that feeling translates. So the thing about awards or whatever you think is sexiest and shiniest, it also might not mean anything to that person because they're not in your industry or they might not know what a big deal it is. So, you know, there, there's, it can, it can be like, I asked an awesome question in class today and I'm really proud of that. And that's going to potentially make me feel closer and, or want to promote someone more than like, oh, I got the industry award for X and Y and Z. I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. And I don't know. It's, you know, you're giving me some random title. And what tips do you have to be more authentic in, and as you brag, like what are, are there any tips and tricks you can share? Yeah, I think that, you know, I rail against authenticity a lot because I think it's a trap, particularly for women. And this idea that we want to see your authentic self, but not really. We want to see like, we want the authentic you, but only as, you know, attractive as we want it to be, or only as pleasant as we want it to be, or only as digestible as we want it to be. You know, we don't want to see the real thing because that's gross. You know, I think that like, it's a, it's an interesting conundrum. I would say- Think about what you care about and think about what you want others to know. But also, you know, I want you to do this in a way that feels okay to you, but also gets you what you want. So when it comes to authenticity, like, yes, make it you, but also make sure it's shrewd enough that 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 person can understand it or digest it or, or get you to the next level is what I would say. And then also see what parts you enjoy in this process. You might really enjoy certain social media platforms. I've had a lot of conversations with people about this, particularly recently. You know, I think, I mean, social media is a tremendous tool, but for a lot of 
bragging or whether it's wanting a raise or wanting a promotion or wanting your boss's attention, none of that has to do with social media. So that's a fool's errand to waste your time there. It can be a tremendous time suck. So like, what do you enjoy? What feels good with what you're sharing? And also what's effective um, is, is all important to keep in mind. Thank you for that extra context. As a leader, how can you create a culture that is conducive and actually celebrates this idea of bragging better? Is it about modeling? Is it about being more intentional? What are some of those keys that leaders can think through? Yeah. So it's really important if you are, that you model this behavior for people that you manage, Mm -hmm. that you let them understand that you are, you know, this is a culture of healthy pride and we can, we can tout our accomplishments and still be, you know, good colleagues and good employees. It's part of your job as, as an employee also to be talking about what you're doing because it helps your manager be a better manager and then tell their manager what you're doing. So part of this is also just communicating properly in the workplace, frankly, Mm -hmm. what might feel like bragging is actually just also part of your job. Um, but I would say, you know, it's important to foster those feelings of the people that you manage, make sure you are sharing your accomplishments, encouraging other people to do so, helping them, you know, share their work, but also just on the whole, as a leader, this stuff is important because you don't know who's watching you and you don't know who you could be inspiring. You know, there's lots of conversations about not being able to see, not being able to be what you can't see, but, but more than that, like if you do these things, it helps those coming after you, you know, particularly women uh, to feel like they can express pride in their work and it's not not shameful and that it's something to do and it's something that they should do. Um, And I think about that a lot because there, I have gotten lovely messages about my book or speeches, but those are the only people who, who felt comfortable or, or brave enough to reach out to me. So mm-hmm. I think that's true of everyone at every level. Like you just don't know who's watching and saying, oh, well, she didn't apologize for the work that she's doing. So I don't have to apologize for the work that I'm doing and so on and so forth. I think that's just like really great to model it. And, and you just never know who's, who's watching you. You're absolutely right. Especially if you're in a leadership position, all eyes are on you. And I think it's been really interesting during the pandemic. I think people are watching even more. I'm sure you've been asked this before, but like, how does bragging, does it change over now we're all remote, right? So how is it, do you have to be more intentional? Um, Does that change how the delivery comes across? Um, Should you be focused on different things with um, a, a virtual workplace? Yeah. So what I'll say is it's made it harder in certain ways and it's made it easier in certain ways. So I, I do a lot of talks around this issue specifically. So, so you're going to have to be even louder than before because you have to brag to the people in the room and the people who are not in the room and you need to pay attention who's in the room and who's not, which I mean is who's in that meeting and who's not, there's not a water cooler talk. There's not a casual walking up to someone on the leadership team saying, Hey, do you have five minutes for me to just talk to you about what I'm working on? I'd love your feedback. Like you can't do that. So you have to be a lot more intentional. Um, I do think though, there are certain advantages, which is if you are an anxious person, or you're someone who is more introverted, you are in your space, in your home. So you probably feel more empowered. You know, you can wear whatever you want on the bottom. You can, you know, have snack you like, you know, I think that there are, it also levels the playing field for people who aren't as good in person. So, you know, there are people who are like, oh, I just got to get in the room and I can sell them on that. They can't do that anymore. And so 
you know, it, it levels a lot of playing fields. It also, you can be in any room you want to be in now because it was frankly just an ableist lie that you had to be in the physical room to do the work, which a lot of, you know, disabled people knew, but like, this is true about cities or time zones or wherever you can, you can have a meeting wherever and whenever. And so, so that's an opportunity I would say more than ever before. It's hard to, I've been talking to people about like doing job interviews only remotely or not meeting your colleagues. I mean, that stuff is difficult. And so again, it's about being just really upfront, really direct, even more so than before. And also someone can't just like see what you're up to and praise you for it. Like they just physically can't see it and they're not going to take the time to seek it out. So it's even more of a reason to, you know, I added that fourth pillar, which is explicit. Like people don't have time. You don't know what's going on in their lives, which was always true. But, but now even more so like they're not going to seek out what you're up to. You have to hand it to them um, on a platter. And what do you think about cultures where it's very collective? It's team. We did this. We did that. How do you make your way in an organization that doesn't feel like you have room to share your individual accomplishments? Yeah. So again, this is a, this is a means to an end. So, so I would always, when I work with people or talk to them about it, it's like, okay, what do you want and how are we going to reverse engineer it? But, you know, if it's a situation where it doesn't feel that way or, you know, it, it, I would gauge, like I would truly gauge those things and, and even have some of those conversations and say, Hey, I want to share what I'm working on. And, you know, can we find a space to do that? And I always, the most common question I get in corporate talks is how do I brag about myself and my team? Cause it's really easy to default to we. So I, yeah. I always want to make it clear that you can use we and I in the same sentence. I'm so proud of, you know, this part that I did of the project you know, the team killed it overall. And, you know, I was so excited to do that, you know, specific piece of it. I mean, it could be more eloquent than that, but, but you can use both in the same sentence and you got to be careful with the we's and I's. And then, you know, there are certain industries where also you have to temper this with the industry you're in. So law or government or places that are more strict, you know, you have to figure out what the parameters are for those sorts of things and then brag within them is something that is, is trickier, but doable. Um, and when you do have something that just feels like more of a group than a yourself, I would say, you know, what, what do you want out of the situation? And you can't necessarily change the culture, but how are you going to brag within it? I love that. And I love if you're our leader in a culture like that, are there pockets within your team that you can still create that culture of healthy pride that you mentioned at your team level? If you can't do it at the organizational level, I feel like a lot of leaders don't realize how much of their leadership is really the culture of their team. And you can influence a little bit more than you think. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's a matter of getting used to doing these things and encouraging other people to do them so that they can be seen and they can be rewarded. You know, sometimes all people want is just to feel heard. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that in and of itself is just important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a need um, at an individual level for sure. How can people work with you? Can you tell me a little bit more about the Brag Better Bootcamp? Absolutely. So my core venture is the Brag Better Bootcamp, which is a four-week course 
that on Mondays have video module drops and worksheets. And then Fridays we have jam sessions where it's live and we do Q and A and I'm there. Um, and you get a little bit of one-on-one time with me as well. So I do them for, when I say individuals, that means anyone can sign up. The next one is January 1st, 2022. And then I do custom ones for corporations and brands. And so that can be in your organization, uh, typically through, you know, professional development, ESG, figuring out how to tackle some of the issues that affect corporate structures, whether it's creating that culture of healthy pride or, you know, certain feelings of competition and not collaboration. And so it's really fun. It also allows you to do that. You as in whether you're doing it with your company or you sign up on your own. It's something that a lot of students have gotten uh, coverage for by their employer. So that's great. Uh, It's good to do it in a group. And a lot of these feelings are so isolating that I've been waiting a long time to create something that I felt was effective and fun and not just like a huge burden, but also left you with a group of friends that everyone that does this, I mean, is so interesting and accomplished and thoughtful and great, but end up doing business together, end up, you know, being friends. And and these feelings are isolating. A lot of anxiety provoking feelings feel very isolating. I'm the only one that feels this way. I'm the only one that has trouble with this, but frankly, you know, you're so not alone in those feelings. It's what I do for a living. So it's one month long. There's also, you know, an automated version that doesn't have that interaction, which I'm, you know, letting limited number of people sign up for. But that is the the Brag Better Bootcamp. I ask you to give me, you know, one hour live a week where you have access to my brain if you want to be there. Um, and then the rest of it's on your own time. And it's been, it's been really fun. It's been really interesting. And what I'll say is this has always been the case because I did the Brag Better Bootcamp with individuals for almost eight years. And then I turned it into something that was for groups because I wanted to for a number of reasons, but everyone gets something different out of it. It's a great jumpstart. It's a great tune-up. It's a great, whether you want to be on a stage or whether you want to get a promotion, there is a range of people in it. So it ends up being a fun crew. I love that. And I think there's definitely um, something to learning from you, but then also learning from other people's experiences is always just so enriching. And then probably just the diversity of people that are in there. Like you said, this is a this is something that everybody can get better at. Um, and I bet there's an assortment of people that you would probably never meet anywhere else. Absolutely. And I will say as well, it is a space for, for a diverse group of people in general to feel seen, but also, you know, it just feels less lonely with these feelings of fear or doubt or disgust or anxiety around these activities um, that when you do them together with others, it's like, oh, everyone else is just like me. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I have one last question for you. What was it like launching a book during a pandemic? Tell me all the things. Yeah. So I have, I do a lot on the book industry Mm -hmm. um, and I have written proposals with people and advise on, I've done book press for seven years. So I knew what I was getting into. I collaborated on a data book that came out in 2018. So doing it in the pandemic was very frustrating, but you know, I came up with the idea in fall of 2013. So as I was panicking, like my book got delayed by a month. It came out in June, 2020. It was supposed to come out in May, 2020. And it was, you know, a time when Amazon was prioritizing medical supplies. It was, it was truly wild, which is a nice word for it. But I 
was like, listen, you have been fighting so hard for this concept for so long. And the, the, the fight to get this book published is a whole other podcast, but luckily I have a strong PR background. This is what I do. And it was, and remains really hard. And I continue to promote it and the book has done very well, which is great, but I just figured it out anyway. Okay. How am I going to, you know, have a good virtual setup? How am I going to sketch out all these different things? And it was so early that, you know, now people have done a lot of digital releases in this way and, and been more effective, but yeah, it was, um, it was a hot mess, but I just was like, we're just going to do it anyway. Well, I'm excited that it's out in the world and that, um, you're able to teach everybody this really important art of bragging better. And I just want to thank you so much for your time and, um, all of your advice and all the content. It's really going to help so many people. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'm epically findable online, Meredith Feynman, uh, everything. So, um, I mean, I have to really, I've, I've boxed myself in with the content. I better be, you know, easy to find and promote. So, and we're going to put everything in the show notes as well. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.